0: Okay, so uh, beyond this podcast, you guys know that I'm also a teacher. I teach about geography and environmental and economic issues are very important to me. And so I actually have a startup. It's uh, like an Uber for everything or an Airbnb for everything. So on Airbnb, you could rent out your house. Well, on Renta, you could rent out any good service or space. So if you have a wet vac or a pressure washer that you're not really using all the time, rent it out. Or if you are a jiu-jitsu black belt and you offer private lessons, you could rent that out at any price. Or if you have gym space, you could rent that out. Or if you're a nutritionist on the side. The idea is I wanted to help freelancers make money and you keep 100% of everything that you ask for. And uh, the idea is to reduce consumption and keep money local. You could also look at it as uh, the next generation of Craigslist. And so if you like the podcast and you kind of trust me, I would love if you check out the app and download it. If I become rich, we could just keep making fight content all the time. So uh, give it a look. Renta, that's R-E-N-T-A-H dot com.
1: Welcome to the Philosophy of Fighting podcast with your hosts, Arturo
0: and Anu.
1: All right, so it's uh, been a couple of weeks, I guess, since we did this. I was out last week.
0: And it was your birthday, so everybody should wish Arturo a happy birthday.
1: (laughs) In Hawaii, it was awesome. I loved it. A lot of people ask if I trained there. Uh, I didn't. I was only there for four days. I couldn't get the time.
0: Okay, so you're losing your skills is what you're saying. (laughs) Yeah, No,
1: I went double as hard this week.
0: (laughs) I've been losing my skills. I haven't trained in like a month, so I'm fucked. Uh-oh. I, I know I, I have to catch back part of me just thinks it's like whatever August September but it's like halfway through September so I was like what the fuck happened like everything's moving so fast that's life I don't know it's too much how can we pause life
1: yeah all right so let's talk about there's a bunch of things to talk about now I feel like so many things have happened and uh, I don't know where to start
0: okay uh how about do you want to start with some Of the old people fighting because I remember we talked about that last week. Oh, Evander okay. Holyfield versus uh Vitor Belfort, yeah. And then we had an Anderson Silva versus uh Tito Ortiz in boxing.
1: Uh, Anderson versus Tito and Belfort versus Holyfield went exactly how I expected it like to a T. Like, I thought I thought Belfort was gonna maul Oscar de la Hoya, and when de la Hoya got pulled out and Evander came in. It's like, ooh, I I don't know about that one either. I think he's going to maul him too. And sure enough, that was
0: the case. Why did you think Vitor was going to maul De La Hoya?
1: Because De La Hoya is out of shape, undersized, and Vitor is 30 years old when he's on TRT.
0: Okay, yeah. So (laughs) when he's on the steroids, he does turn into like a totally different person. It's kind of crazy how he's like, yeah, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, like he just... Yep. becomes a new man.
1: Vitor's body, I don't know what it is, but that guy just absorbs all the testosterone that gets injected into him. It's just incredible how he can transform.
0: Do you think that's why De La Hoya left? Why did he...
1: I uh, said he got COVID, like the he day before.
0: COVID. Interesting. Do you think he would have done better, though? I mean, he's 48 compared to Holyfield's, what, 58? Okay. So he's 10 years younger. Yes, I, I do think... He just felt so bad.
1: I do think he would have done better, but like... That's only because Evander went as bad as it can go. Yeah, I still think crazy. it's the same outcome. I still think it's like a first or second round KO stoppage.
0: But you don't think Evander was on any juice, or De La Hoya was going to be on any juice? I'm surprised sure, but he's almost way.
1: sixty. So, like, I, at that point, I don't feel like you're too far.
0: Yeah, it's too far gone. Yeah, I'm just surprised it happened so fast. I didn't really have an opinion on any of these fights, and I didn't really watch any of the fights. Obviously, I was hoping. Uh, Anderson Silva was going to win. But Mm -hmm. part of me felt like it was a downgrade because Anderson Silva just beat a former champion boxer who was like 36. So why go from that where clearly you're capable of competing against a lot of other boxers, against Tito. But maybe it was just like a quick payday, probably a sparring session for Anderson Silva. He had some fun, probably never fought Tito before. Maybe. Where Anderson's fought everybody that's been like a light heavyweight or middleweight, you know, maybe like a who's who I think so, Anderson's
1: probably just looking to not only make a paycheck, but just to stay
0: active. He likes. Boxing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Why not get some practice? Um, but I think it's exciting to see. I don't know. Like I kind of made a comment like, yeah, he's representing mixed martial arts. Well, you know, like mm-hmm. it's just kind of crazy though, that he's 46 and representing as well, where Woodley couldn't, you know?
1: Yeah. That's different things, though. Anderson, uh, yeah, that was a first round. I don't think that was hard to see coming.
0: Yeah, I was just surprised that, yeah, once again, that it happened so fast. Because a lot of these exhibition boxing matches we're seeing, there's a lot of hugging, a lot of holding, a lot of feeling out. Mm-hmm. And it kind of, like, ends up into a decision where Silva kind of has that magic in his hands where if he just hits you and he's fast and, like, yeah, he... I don't know, who maybe he's on some stuff, too, like uh, Belfort but... He just They've looks pretty before. good. yeah. He st- but it was once, right? And it was like after that leg injury. So like part of... I feel like the MMA world kind of gives him a slight pass. Don't you? Like other people yeah. that fail the test, like everybody kind of hates. But still, so it's like we kind of pretend it didn't happen.
1: I don't hate them for failing the test. I hate them for like what they might say as an excuse.
0: Okay, that's you. But don't you think the general public is more against people doing steroids?
1: Yeah, probably. But... They'd be disappointed to learn that everyone's doing them.
0: <laughs> so you follow the Nick Diaz, uh the Nate Diaz, believe. Everyone's uh, on Nate tested
1: positive once. This is what I'm saying.
0: No, really? I yeah, tested positive
1: for one of the sarms. I mean, it's like, "Oh, a tainted supplement." He had to prove it was and stuff. They do that whole like deal. Like, "Oh, okay, yeah, a tainted supplement." And you just oh, yeah, that but, that has it. but
0: the, yeah, but they overturned it then. So, yeah, but usually- I mean
1: I don't buy it. Sarms aren't cheap. Why would a supplement have that? I feel like I don't want to believe that he did All of it is just bullshit.
0: A lot of these supplements come from China, and they just put who knows what in anything.
1: I mean, in most
0: food, we don't even know what we're getting.
1: Yeah, well, definitely with supplements, you don't. But you also got to think like a supplement is there for profit. It wouldn't make sense to put something expensive in it as a substitute so like when they say oh it's tainted with this or that it doesn't make any sense
0: that i get what you're saying yeah i uh, mean
1: it, it's it's possible like you can test for like some stupid things sometimes like some high levels of something ridiculous but a sarm in nate diaz's case it's possible but i don't know I, i'm skeptical of it
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: and it was like an endurance type of one too so you're like oh, that is this
0: kind of thing but he does run triathlons like they do do that. I don't know. And they're like vegan. I really do feel like they care about what they put in their body. Dude, so there's I want a lot to guys imagine guys
1: the gym just doing it like recreationally. Like it's so prominent.
0: Yeah, everybody's on the gear. I should take some steroids. <laughs> I, know, like... I just want to level up a little bit. I figure maybe I should since COVID happened, you know, and I missed like some months <laughs> of training. Like I won't consider it cheating there's a pandemic like what else are we supposed to do we gotta juice up
1: <laughs> as long as you tell everyone that at the end when you get busted
0: no i imagine somebody busts me like people come into like <laughs> tuesday night jujitsu class and they're like the blue belt <laughs> like he's fucking on some bullshit like you know I'm like come on bro you yeah i'm sure smashed. there's
1: people you train with on stuff
0: yeah of course yeah definitely
1: so let's run through some more things. So we go through Vitor and Silva, who did well in boxing. Uh, I don't think to anyone's surprise. Um,
0: oh, can I say Vitor is a bitch, though? Like, Vitor annoys me, and I and I like Ariel Hawani more and more every day because Vitor's first making fun of Jake Paul, saying Jake Paul's scared. Then, like, as soon as he wins, he, like, calls out Jake Paul, and it's like, Vitor, you're like a juice head and you beat up a 58-year-old man. Like, I don't know. I just don't like this denigrating somebody and then obviously trying to like suck their dick to fight them. Like, you know, like just admit what you're doing. Does that make I, sense?
1: I don't think he's hiding it per se. I think that's he's gotta put it out there. I, I mean, I think like, it doesn't come off well. It's it is cringy when he does it, but cringy. That's what yeah, I want to say. Definitely. But I understand it.
0: Like nobody knows. No modern person, like, no young kid right now that knows Jake Paul really knows who Vitor Belfort is. That's the you point know? point. And just the way you're saying, like, he's scared of me. It's like, no, you're a bad business decision at the moment. And mm-hmm. you beat up the oldest man. Like, you know, like, fight somebody, like, better. At least Anderson was going against Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Like, that's a legit former world champion. Like, I don't know, step up. Like, sometimes I feel like these fighters are too safe and then talk a bigger game but i guess that's like the business of it but i just found VTor like very cringy
1: speaking of the business of things do you want to get into the news of other leagues sprouting
0: yeah sure let's do that
1: all right so the news this week was that i think there's two different leagues now with two different models one of them kind of modeling themselves after like fifa
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: which i don't know if that's good or bad it sounds more good than bad
0: I think it sounds better than what we have. The people that love soccer and football, as the rest of the world calls it, mm-hmm. they know how corrupt FIFA is as well. So I think it's like one of those things, like for us, it's like, oh my God, this is better than what we yeah, have. But is the but-
1: corruption systemic? Is that like a, a, a product of how the system operates or is that just people?
0: No, I think it's like a little bit the system too. It's okay. very similar in corruption to like the Olympics you know, like a lot of bribery. Like, I think they're playing the World Cup in Qatar and Qatar, like in the summer is like 120 degrees, Mm. you know, and and the stadiums are being made by like slaves from the Philippines and India and Pakistan. Like, it's just like grimy. And FIFA is just like known for like the Olympics, just building things. And it's like a good way to like launder money and be phony. And then bounce yeah i mean maybe there is bigger play here
1: but it does sound cool in terms of kind of like owners and teams and those owners really being able to like put money into like market like these select guys i don't know it just seems like it seems like a cool system for exposure for fighters and a good way to climb up the ladder cleanly potentially
0: exactly and it's kind of like what we were just saying about vtor there's so much of fighting right now that is about clout and your popularity and people that have higher rankings, never want to fight somebody with a lower ranking. And obviously that means no fights can happen. You know, you have like, you need two people to fight and play the game. And so that's like saying uh, the Patriots are like, no, no, we don't want to play the jets today. Like, no, you play them twice. (laughs) You play everybody in your division twice in football, you know? And then you, you can't say, I don't want to play this person. It doesn't do good for my, Record, or it doesn't do good for my popularity. It's like you just have to play the game, and I think that's important because that lifts everybody up at the same time. And plus, I think it'll have the added benefit of not every loss is horrible, you know, like mm-hmm. fight more, fight four times a year. And yeah, if you lose once or twice, it doesn't matter if you're losing once or twice to other great people. I feel like you could have a longer career, I feel like you have a pension, you have health care, you have. I think they mentioned something like uh, insurance in case you have like a career ending type injury. Mm -hmm. And I think most fighters would sign up for that at a young age. And and then also some people I know in their head are going to say, no, no, but I don't like it because it's kind of like not in the capitalist uh, wheelhouse. But you forget NBA players, NFL players, every other sport, there's people that are making 40 million dollars a year. And so you'll still get some of those fighters that are going to make crazy amounts of money but at least way the floor is you're not going to be poor. And if you want to be like a world-class athlete where, you know, some of these people are headlining fight nights, you know, like ESPN shows and they're getting paid like 30, 40, 50,000. Like that's mm-hmm. nothing. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited that at least these people are threatening Dana and William Morris endeavor with some competition.
1: Yeah. I think the competition is still good and, Yeah, and maybe a different... uh, I think especially competition that has a different system can definitely in the end prove what might be best for the fighters.
0: Yeah, I I think so too. And I think it's also just best for the fans because there are some good fighters right now that even I don't know and I'm a fan of the sport because they don't get a chance to compete against other people that are also good. Yes. And they're getting buried and so it's kind of like all right, I don't even know them and I care. So that means the majority, we have a podcast. Like we obviously love this sport. And so the average everyday Joe isn't going to be able to learn about these people and it's unfortunate. Yeah. And and that kind of ties in with like a debate that we were having. I don't know if you want to tie it in now, like about like Leon Edwards versus Masvidal. Sure. Because I made a comment on like an ESPN MMA post and so many people shit on me for this comment. You agreed with it. That, them, that they should be shitting on me. I disagree with it still. <laughs> so I, I I think it's open to debate. Leon Edwards is one of the top-ranked welterweights in the world. Uh, he comes out of England, has a very interesting story. I believe his father was like a gangster and he was killed. Like, Leon was also running with gangs, like, was stabbed. Like, he's got a story that he comes from rough places like Masvidal and Diaz. Like, he has that. And he's won. Most of his last fights, like 10 in a row or something like that. Masvidal backstage a couple of years ago, Leon Edwards interrupted an interview that Masvidal had. Masvidal comes up to him. Out, he stops the interview, just goes up to Leon Edwards and punches him in the face three times in England. And it became a big story. That's where Masvidal's three piece in a soda comes out. Since then, Edwards has been saying, I want to fight Masvidal. Masvidal's like, I'm fighting for the championship. I'm not going to give you any clout. Now Masvidal has lost twice in a row to Usaman, the champion, but also in the process has become maybe the second biggest draw in the sport after Conor McGregor. And now Masvidal's like, all right, I'll fight you, Leon. I'll fight whoever will help me get back to fighting Usaman. And Leon goes, I don't want to fight somebody that has a two-fight losing streak. And got KO'd. And got KO'd. So you agree with Leon Edwards' motive of not fighting masvidal he should wait for the championship
1: um i think Masvidal's stock is dropping okay leon's leon's is high so i i kind of understand it i don't think it's a clear-cut case i i mean i can see him fighting masvidal too it's still worth
0: something okay see so this is where my debate is i don't think his stock is that high i don't think the average person knows who leon edwards is and i think And I think people are rubbed the wrong way by Leon Edwards and his attitude that his wins are really, really good wins that may be deserving of a championship because he also has been fighting once a year and sitting out longer and longer and longer and everyone he's beat, they weren't in the top 10. The best aged fight that he has is Vicente Luque that he won the other two fights that people look at are the Nate Diaz and Rafael Dos Anjos fights. And to me, I look at those people where they had most of their success as lightweights. So, and he lost to Usaman. And I, this isn't, this isn't like a future where we're talking about this future league where everybody has to fight everybody. And in that league, I agree. Fine, give Leon Edwards a championship fight. But what we currently have I don't think Leon Edwards deserves it more than somebody like Gilbert Burns again.
1: See, that's the thing is um, Gilbert Burns is a lot more fresh against Usman. So you're trying to find contenders for Usman that he hasn't fought at least in a while. Gilbert Burns had one match after Usman. Like, are you going to give it to him again? Just recycle the same fighters at the top?
0: Yeah, see... I'm not even saying give it to Gilbert Burns, but Gilbert Burns at least is willing to fight anybody at any time. And he's competing and he's doing well and he's knocking people out. Like Leon Edwards last fight against Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz is not even in the top 10 nor maybe 15 at welterweight. And he never had that attitude where he was trying to go for the finish against Diaz. Yeah, but He was peppering him. He was controlling him. He was clearly winning. But I think if anybody came closest to ending that fight, it was Diaz came closest to ending that fight it in the fifth round.
1: See, you're do you're you're holding intangibles that don't matter. Leon's not like Leon doesn't finish fights. Like, he doesn't have to.
0: See, the thing you is, win. Those int-
1: but those intangibles. That's like, oh, he only won by one point. Oh, he only beat the Jets. Oh, yeah, but he keeps winning. Yeah, so, like, but see, none of that matters.
0: That does matter though in the way the sport is currently framed. It doesn't have We're- to
1: be like that. It's not like, oh, he won. Oh, but how did he win? No, 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 no. He won.
0: But you have to beat top ranked contenders. He hasn't beaten anybody in the top ranked. He does. Who's to beat those top ranked?
1: Is a ranked opponent. Every single one.
0: He's never he hasn't fought anybody in the top five.
1: No, he hasn't fought anyone in the top five outside of Usman lately.
0: That's what I'm saying. So how do you go, fight for a championship where you're not fighting in the top five? He, I poked Bilal Muhammad, I mean, and he was he's like, like, "I'm gonna, I should fight for the title right after." Yeah, it's that was like,
1: pretty ridiculous. But he also was winning that fight clearly. The thing about Leon is he outskills everybody. He has better skills than everyone he faces. At sea,
0: he does. I'm not gonna hate. I'm not gonna hate that if he fights Usman. Like I'm not gonna be like, "Oh my god, protest! He doesn't deserve it." Mm-hmm. But I think he does lack a certain uh, self-awareness of his stock and who he is. And yeah, if Masvidal... I think a better it,
1: argument would be like, yo, you just fought Nate Diaz. Why wouldn't you fight Masvidal?
0: That's what I'm saying. Like, Masvidal will help him make more money. It will help him get more clout. And it would hype up a fight between him and Usman. And first of all, Masvidal fucking punched you in the face in your own country. That's what Gilbert Burns said. Gilbert Burns was like, dude, this guy smacked you in your own face in your own country and you don't want to resolve that? Like, there is like a little something to that lacking of bravado. You know what I mean? You're a fighter and you were calling out Masvidal when you knew Masvidal wasn't going to fight you because Masvidal was fighting for a championship and was super famous. And now that Masvidal goes, all right, I will fight you and you Mm -hmm. know it's going to be a money fight. Why wouldn't you take it? It just feels like it's not a smart business decision. I Okay, I'll agree with you just for this moment that like, all right, fine. Maybe he's deserving of fighting for a championship. But don't you think Leon Edwards is just like a little bit like clueless when it comes to self-awareness and.
1: Oh yeah. hundred percent. But again, I I can't judge on a guy because I hate him. He's not as exciting. His personality kind of is not very sellable. He doesn't fight very frequently. I mean, I would argue that he's probably just as well known as Gilbert Burns.
0: Yeah. That that's probably fair yeah yeah so so
1: in the instance of like oh him or gilbert burns i'm like yeah i think it's time for leon but yeah i'm, I'm not a i i am feel like i'm always defending leon i'm not even a leon fan i could just i just feel like winning is the ultimate thing you got 10 wins i mean people nowadays are like oh this guy's got four wins in a row this guy gives his title shot yeah i don't yeah. know I'm, I'm of the the nature i'm like if you're winning 10 of your last 11 it's a no-brainer
0: I just feel like it's also about the quality of your wins, and to be fair, Leon got screwed by COVID, where he was supposed to fight Woodley, he was he was supposed to fight Kamzat, like he did get screwed. I guess I'm just a little bit irritated at like he just feels like entitled to the title shot, and part of me is like I don't think your wins were that great. And you don't, I don't think he's going to put up a good fight against Usaman right now. Yeah. He he hasn't shown that much. If I thought it was going to be a good fight, I'd be like, yeah, give it to him. That's also part of the reason where I'm a little bit like smash Nate Diaz. He could have, he was controlling that fight so much where if he had a little bit of a mentality of like, I'm going to risk a little bit of myself to end this, then I'd be like, all right, good. You deserve the title shot, but he couldn't. And then he almost got knocked out by Nate Diaz, If Nate Diaz is almost knocking you out. Like, God forbid, what is Usman going to do to you? You have to like show the pay-per-view crowd that like you have that ability if you want to sell that future fight.
1: Yeah, but maybe you argue that he dominated for four rounds. By the fifth round, he's like, "All right, I got this guy. I'm just going to take." Like, he's just taking it easy, and that's when he got surprised. But you know I, what I mean, like, that- he won't do that versus Usman. You can make I- that
0: argument. I- I don't think uh, like I think championship level fighters don't do that. Look, the Giants, I fucking love the New York Giants, yeah. but they fucking annoyed me because this last Thursday when they played football like they were losing losing losing, they were about like two points away or one point down, they get an amazing interception out of nowhere with like two two minutes like 20 seconds left. What did the Giants do? They conservatively run the ball twice to hope that the Washington football team like uses their timeouts. Then they kick a field goal. There's still two minutes left on the clock. And then Washington scores the field goal, like runs down. Like they just played so conservatively, throw the ball, play to win instead of playing to lose. And I think if you're a fighter, like somebody like Gilbert Burns, I don't think is like pawing at his opponents. Like he's going to try to end them quick. Mm. And, and I think that's like a championship mentality. And yeah, this isn't, a league like baseball or football where everything is organized and you have to show something better than the others. And Leon doesn't have that instinct. I feel like he hasn't shown it that much recently. Yeah.
1: I mean, I can agree with you there, but it's not a necessary trait to win. That's It's fair. a, it's a necessary trait to like them. I get that.
0: Yeah. I just think right now selling is important, you know, unfortunate. I'm not saying yeah. you need to talk shit, do it in the ring at least. Like I, that's what I respect about Gilbert Burns. Like he does do it in the ring. He's willing to fight everybody, and he gives it a go. And I mean, he beat the guy that I love, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. But yeah, he fights everybody. You gotta respect that. And then it turned me into a fan. And mm-hmm. yeah, you beat Masvidal. Like you said, Masvidal's stock is s- slowly going down. But regular dumb, just bleed fans like Masvidal. You know, for his like gangster shit. And then. You can beat that. And people on Reddit were giving good examples. Like both of these guys have interesting backgrounds, like come from tough circumstances, like hard family issues. And they have that experience where they fought backstage. You could sell that fight and easily get like 700,000 pay-per-view buys. And now people, everybody will know who Leon Edwards is. So you know what? Maybe I don't have a problem with Leon Edwards. I have a problem with his manager. I think his manager is shit. Like whoever it is. Mm. Like I think the average Reddit MMA fan could be a better manager than whoever Leon's manager. Well, my my issue is
1: that should the sport be catering to the Just Bleed fan that only knows like the top guys of each division?
0: No. I just think there's a balance like what we're doing, you know, and we're not talking about like just like the popular people, but it's also like you have to do stuff in the ring that makes it exciting, you know? Like, Go, like, oh my God, these people can win. Is it the possibility? And I don't know if Leon has shown enough where he could do that against Usaman.
1: Yeah, well, I think he, Dana White agrees with you.
0: Yeah, Dana definitely. <laughs> yeah. Dana definitely agrees with me. And I don't always hate Dana. So, but like I said, if this was like, NFL and this was like week 16 like all right yeah Leon fight him now it's your turn Mm -hmm. but we don't play in that world and you're trying to pretend we live in that world and so like there needs to be some you have to start looking at things as the way they are not the way that you want them to be yeah and 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 also I thought it was interesting too in regards to domination because everybody was like on Instagram was so mad at me they were like he was dominating him But in my mind, and domination, I looked up on Google because they told me to look up the definition as, like, controlling. But I think, like, yeah, Leon definitely controlled most of that fight. But when I think of domination, I think in terms of context, like, you almost ended it. You know, like, if you didn't almost end it and you almost lost, did you really dominate or did you just win the fight? Like, I think it's a little hyperbole to say he dominated him
1: uh i don't know maybe i guess it's just how you look at it you're like oh he's got to be close to finishing the fight but the fight's not done until it's done you know it's one of those yeah i don't know how,
0: how important do you put finishes in a record like for you like how, how how much do you value them
1: it doesn't matter how much i value them it's the sport is it a necessary condition to win no do i think it should be hell yeah okay but that's yeah. the difference. I'm not arguing about a sport that, that doesn't exist. You know what I mean? The sport that I would like to see is only finishes. That doesn't exist.
0: Yeah, but not. I don't, I don't think you can have only finishes. But I feel like if two people are trying to get to the title, don't you have to look at strength of competition and then did you finish them or not? Or no? Is, is winning 50-45 over five rounds equal to somebody that knocks somebody out in one or two rounds or no. So some give people hold extra.
1: a 50-45 decision as a greater victory because you were able to beat them for 25 minutes as opposed to like, oh, you just got lucky on one shot.
0: Yeah, I think it's a good question. So not some people. Yeah. How, do you, how do you feel about that?
1: Oh, um, it depends. I would have to see the fights to really compare them. But I would say that there are oftentimes a 50-45, I do think, is like a definitive, oh, yeah, he's way better than him.
0: But you rather a 50-45 than a one or two round knock- knockout or sub? Are you saying
1: measuring the fighter's value or what yes. I'd rather watch?
0: No, measuring the fighter's value. Yeah, what, what is a better win? Uh, gosh, I-, I guess it
1: depends on the opponents each time. You know, like, it, it's hard to compare those two
0: things. I think they're close. There was only one fight that I could think of where somebody was truly getting dominated and then came back to win. And that was, like, Frankie Edgar versus Grey Maynard. Ooh. And I feel like that's kind of proof a little bit that if you play that game, like, oh, you won for 20 minutes, but if that other person knocks you out, then he won. And yeah, so, for sure. So to I me, mean, it's okay, like... Look.
1: This is one of those things where, like, which is the better fighter and which one fought the best? Those things aren't always the same.
0: Okay, yeah, but if you want to treat this like a sport, like you're saying, and where everything is, like, say in the future, the World Fight League comes to you, Arturo, and they need some help with creating the rules and the point system, who do you give more points to? The knockout in the sub or the five round controlling domination, but somewhat safe a la GSP?
1: Yeah, I'm always going to say the finish, but that's it's again, I'm arguing something that the sport is not. Okay, let's I can't just choose to see what I want in the sport. That's what I'm saying. If it's up to me, I'm like BJ Penn. I'm like, if there's not a finish, it's a draw. You both get a draw.
0: See, I don't go that far. Oh, extreme. I, I, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in between. I, I, I think, like, you win, you win, but if you have to give the credit to the person that does the finish because that's just so much harder.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. It's just that's not what the conditions of the sport are.
0: Yeah, but I, I feel like that's what the goal of the fighters should be.
1: Yeah, but that, that's also... Uh, imagine, like, someone being like, oh, this guy, like, let's say one coach wins football games. They never score touchdowns. It's all field goals. And everyone would shit on that team. They're like, oh, this is bullshit. They don't really like play football. they like, right? But they win every time. You're like, I don't
0: know. I, I would say that right. it's a, a win is a win. In that sense, a win is a okay. win. Because in football, you don't have that as much, though. With like, you have difference. Because like, for that, it's all about points. In a fight, there is a little bit of this vagueness. It is different. I get what you're saying though, and I get mm-hmm. your analogy, but yeah, th- but that that's just I think more comes about the entertaining aspect, but
1: right, that's what I'm getting at is like just because people don't play the game you want to to play, right. doesn't mean that they're not good at it. You know what I mean? Like you, you just where you place your value in the winning, but winning is winning.
0: Okay, okay, yeah. I, I I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, let's let's lead this into. The stuff with BJ Penn and Jose Aldo, Jose Aldo, and uh, Khabib. Do you want yeah, to? Sure. Since, since you just brought it up. Yeah. And so I mentioned Khabib,
1: BJ too. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Obviously, I love Khabib. A lot of us do. But yeah. uh, Khabib, Khabib lately has been talking a lot. And I guess that's because he's not fighting. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and I was very surprised. So Khabib said something nice about BJ where he said he thinks BJ is the second greatest lightweight of all time. After him. And Khabib said the first thing that ever has kind of pissed me off about what Khabib has said. He thought Jose Aldo's win over Pedro Munoz was not good. That Jose Aldo's fighting only to collect a paycheck. And what else did he say? Did he say anything else about Jose? Well, he said that
1: fighters only get one peak. Jose Aldo's already had his peak. So this win shouldn't be looked at as something like a climb back to the top. He made it seem like there is no climb to the top for Jose
0: Aldo. Okay. Do do you want to give your opinion and I'll give mine or how how should we do? this?
1: Yeah. I just think that Khabib Khabib is wrong. It's like the, let's bring out a philosopher, David Hume, just because uh, the sun rises every day, we expect it to rise the next day, but doesn't necessarily, you know what I mean? Like just because that's happened in the past doesn't need to necessarily continue to happen. Mm Hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Like to say that fighters only get one peak is not true either. Like there are instances like a Robbie Lawler or yeah, there are instances where like guys do have like a second go around to it. They are rare, but wouldn't you give those rare instances to great fighters? Like, of course you'd say Jose Aldo is a great fight.
0: Also the thing that pissed me off is Jose Aldo definitely doesn't fight just for money. Like, Jose Aldo came from like super super poor background, yeah, and he achieved a lot. He started businesses, like he has some money, but he's always like challenging himself, to try to get championships. Like if it was all about money, no, yeah, like he fights people. I mean, Pedro Munoz is good and he's getting better, but it's not like somebody's like, oh, I'm gonna fight Pedro Munoz because it's gonna make my name bigger. No, he's fighting Pedro Munoz so he could. Get closer to the championship. Like, I love that he's always trying to go up the rankings. Mm-hmm. And and Jose Aldo did say something. He goes, oh, well, I even offered to step in to fight Khabib. And Khabib said no. And part of me was thinking, like, oh, my God, like a super prime Jose Aldo versus Khabib. Like, maybe Jose's speed and takedown, like, that would have been exciting, you know, with his jujitsu." jitsu but- Would have been exciting, yeah. Jose just seems like one of the real good guys of the sport. And then so Jose said something really interesting in retort to Khabib where he's like, Khabib thinks he's so great because he's never lost, but that's just because he retired early. And Mm -hmm. if you keep fighting the way I'm fighting, of course you're going to lose because people are great. And he goes, I guarantee in the future, Khabib is going to regret his decision for retiring early where I promise you, win or lose, I'll never regret anything I did because I'm always putting it on the line and fighting. And I was like, shoot, that was like the first 10-9, like, maybe
1: 10-8 somebody, <laughs>
0: somebody's given Khabib. And it, was it makes sense. sense. Yeah, it makes sense. It comes from somebody like like Aldo. And plus, yeah, like Aldo, that was a good win. I agree with Khabib about the peak. You're right that like you could have people like Robbie Lawler come back, but then I would argue that was... Robbie's peak, not the first one. We just underestimate it. You know, like if you just want to get into semantics, like you can only have one best ever at like your best.
1: BJ Penn won the welterweight title first. Then he had his lightweight run, which could be would argue is the second greatest run ever. So you're going to tell me his first run wasn't good, but his second one was like, oh, that whole thing is that one peak? No, I would say he he dealt with back to back (laughs) losses also.
0: I would say they're both great runs, but the sport improved. And as the sport improved, and then he went to lightweight, like he improved too with his training with like the Marinovich brothers. And that was his peak. But he was able to catch Matt Matt Hughes. And I feel like that was a lot of stylistic, like he he stylistically like owned Matt Hughes.
1: I I mean, I'll find instances where a fighter has lost two or three in a row after making like a championship or something has lost two or three in a row, and then will come back and climb up to a champion. Like it does happen. It is rare for sure, but there are fighters that do that. And even if it has never been done before, who are you to say that it can never be done either?
0: Exactly. So he came off like a Karen. And somebody was like, "Yo, Khabib is Khabib and Connor kind of both (laughs) like when they're hurt and not fighting, like they're turning into these like Karen type people. So I agree with you. Like, Maybe he's right, but it's also, like, that line from Big Lebowski. Like, you're right, Walter, but you're also an asshole. Like, you know, like, stop being an asshole. Like, just mm-hmm. Aldo. And the fact, it just pissed me off the money part. Aldo does not, if he was fighting just for money, he'd be like, no, no, I only want to fight, like, Frankie Edgar and Max Holloway. And, like, he you only want big names. Right. Mm-hmm. He he's, he's, like, trying to move up the rankings. And I think he wants to get the 135 belt so then he could say he was a champ champ, too, mm-hmm. you know? And I really hope one day Aldo gets a chance to fight Conor again. I really just feel like he deserves that. That would be cool, yeah. If I get to get any rematch ever, that's like the one I think I would pick. Because it's just sad that somebody that was that dominant didn't get a chance for a rematch. Usually when you're a dominant champion, you always get a rematch. Yes, that one kind of hurts me. And then I guess we'll just say what BJ Penn said to Khabib, which I thought was also cool because Khabib was giving BJ Penn, like, props for being, like, the second greatest champion ever. But then BJ was like, well, me, you, and Benson Henderson all defended the belt three times. And I went up in weight, and I challenged myself. In fact, I fought at middleweight, like Hanzo Gracie, and then I fought Lyoto Machida at heavyweight, and that was a close fight. And you never went up to fight Usman. And Mm -hmm. that was BJ's first win in like 10 years (laughs) Like when he said that to Khabib. So I feel like I agree with that. How do you feel about that?
1: Yeah, uh, you could definitely make the case that BJ's run was spectacular. BJ was beating people on PEDs when the the tests for PEDs weren't really good or happening. Mm -hmm. So you can make that case that his wins in the lightweight division, maybe not as skilled. Of course, they're not as skilled as they are. Of the skills today yeah but you can only compare a fighter to the era in which they're in Mm -hmm. you know if he's dominating those guys in an era and all of those guys happen to be cheating in that era that's pretty fucking good and yeah going up in weight is a big deal i definitely think i definitely think bj has some merit to what he's saying who's who's right they both are
0: yeah i think i think they're both right and i think uh khabib is wrong for the first time and like a couple of things. And I personally think like, yeah, Khabib is definitely in the conversation for goat. Of course. But if he beat Usaman, if he took the time to go up and fight Usaman and beat Usaman, I think he would be the goat until yeah, no John, until John Jones goes up to heavyweight and wins, then it would become a different conversation again. And I would like even it out. And even if Khabib went to fight Usaman, and it was a close fight and he lost. I think that still helps Kabib's That helps Khabib more in becoming the goat conversation than not fighting Usman at all. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. No question. I hate, I hate that people are so scared of a loss, like a blemish. And that was another thing like Aldo and BJ were saying, like the more you fight, like if you're a fighter, you should be willing to risk a loss. Like, you know, like the fact that mm. you're not risking the loss is almost like you're losing in a way because you're like avoiding it. And so there's part of that mentality of the fighter. Like you got to fucking fight.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm with that. Then again, but I understand why Khabib stopped where he did. It wasn't cowardice. It wasn't because he didn't want to fight Usman. Like he has his reasons and he's entitled to those reasons. And yes. he can go out on a career undefeated as a champion in dominant fashion and can make a claim for the best of all time. Like 100%. I'm, not, I, I'm not gonna hate on him for that. I'm just gonna hate on him when he tries to neg on other guys. Sure. So I'm like, just, yeah. just let your body speak.
0: He, and, and he can make that claim. My issue is if you wanna make that claim, you have to let people debate that claim. Cause it's not yeah. like you're claiming I'm a good fighter. You're claiming I'm the best ever. Yeah. And so if you want to claim I'm the best ever, that's not like you could just be really good. Like you have to like be without a blemish. And there's just a great video of Khabib's dad when he was alive saying like what his goal was for Khabib. It was fight Tony Ferguson, get to 30, you know, or get to 28. No, then fight GSP and then fight welterweight champion. Mm -hmm. And to me, father's plan was like, okay, if he does all of those things, like, fight a legend like GSP, then fight the welterweight champ and you cleaned out the lightweight champ, then you are the greatest of all time. And everyone, no one would debate it. Now there are some slight debates because yes, you defended it three times. And yes, you dominated those three times unlike anybody else has. And anybody that puts you outside of the top 10 is insane. And you probably belong in the top five. But once you start counting like one, two, three, then it's like you only stayed in your division and that hurts you. And what Conor said, you had a very easy schedule, maybe your first 12, 14 fights where you have people like Charles Oliveira who just fought in the UFC, you know, like as children, like you're going to lose.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Khabib would retort with it's not about having the greatest career. He called himself the greatest lightweight of all time.
0: He didn't call himself the greatest fight. He said pound for pound, best fighter ever. Like oh, he wanted he to be. That,
1: if he says that, then he's got a lot of debate to handle.
0: Exactly. And, he's and the greatest and
1: I- lightweight of all time, he's got a little bit.
0: Exactly. Greatest lightweight of all time, I'm like 95% sure, 98% sure he's the greatest lightweight of all time. If BJ Penn stayed with his trainers, and I'm so upset that he didn't stay with his trainers, like mm-hmm. the Marinovich brothers, like that's when he was peak BJ. And BJ wins two more times. Oh yeah, I believe he. I believe he beat Frankie his first fight, like that very first fight. I was watching that. I was in Mexico. Like I that found a everything. shitty bar. If he beats
1: Frankie that fight, then he goes down as the. great.
0: And if he got the nod when he fought George St Pierre the first time as well, like those yes, two fights were right. so close, where like people don't understand. Like I was like, oh.
1: He gets those two fights. That means, like, that's also what got George his title shot versus Matt Hughes was that fight mm -hmm. versus BJ. So, Mm -hmm. BJ wins that, and then he goes against Matt Hughes again. I mean, BJ did fight Matt Hughes again and lose, but um, yeah, it definitely changes the whole picture on who is great. And and that's if GSP loses that split decision, which I still think he lost it, yeah, which is crazy. Um, If GSP does lose that decision, when I mean, I think he would have won the welterweight at some point but
0: it definitely changes GSP's whole career too. Yep. And and that second fight that you brought up where BJ lost to Matt Hughes, he was dominating the first two rounds yes. and then apparently like he broke his rib and then Matt Hughes d- dominated him the third round. It was like a crucifix and crushed him. Mm-hmm. So BJ Penn has had one of the most, just like he is so close to beating the greatest of all time. And Anderson Silva and a lot of other fighters said BJ in their opinion it was the greatest martial artist like of all time when they were fighting i don't know if they would say that right now but 10 years ago when they were all at their peaks and it was that generation of fighting everybody loved bj and the best in the world loved bj
1: there was something and- so uh magnetic about bj and that he was so confident and willing to fight anybody and he still had like that laid back hawaiian attitude despite having like such big bravado and confidence was like yeah i'll beat him like yeah I don't know. <laughs> he's just so yeah. funny to me
0: yeah he's like lightweight champion welterweight champion middleweight yeah, he's champion he's like, like i'll fight he's everybody.
1: everybody he's like doesn't matter <laughs> three weeks five weeks like he did like just so much i, I loved it
0: mm-hmm. and and one thing that he also mentioned when uh he was, talking he was about funny Khabib, he was like oh yeah he's like in jujitsu it's always the little guy fighting the big guy so as a jujitsu fighter, I believe this. And I was like, oh, yeah, sweet. BJ's repping jujitsu again. Like, I appreciated that. Like, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. But I think when it comes to fighting mentality, who the goat is, it's yeah. BJ. I think, I think so, if, too. if people had that mentality, you could even see it a little bit with Connor. Like, he does go up in weight, like, he is willing to fight it. That's why people love Connor. Like, mm-hmm. and I think even Donald Cerrone, like, too many people are scared of losses. Where it's like if you just fight people and you make it a good fight and you challenge yourself, people will respect you. Like mm-hmm. I was getting pissed at Masvidal after like the Nate Diaz thing, and then I became a bigger fan of Masvidal again after he lost to Usman twice because he admitted, "Oh, I lost. He's the better man." That was a dope knockout. Like, mm-hmm. there's something cool about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm always big I on how
1: entertaining that. a fighter is. I mean, if you want to look at whether BJ lost or won, has he ever had a boring fight?
0: Oh, maybe the last few fights, but that's just so sad. Maybe, but they were
1: all all some finishes too. Like, I'm not exactly, I wouldn't call those boring. I know. If he goes to the decision, it was a war. There's no boring decisions with BJ. Dude, when When BJ fought Nick decision,
0: it was a crazy finish. Mm -hmm. When BJ fought Nick Diaz, that first round BJ won. That's another thing. First, Nick Diaz is amazing in the first round like his fight against paul daly in the first round was maybe like the greatest one-round fight ever like gomi like when gomi was the best in the world that was like a one-round fight i believe bj won that first round i think against nick diaz and then nick mm-hmm. diaz dominate but that was such a great fight too and I, th- I think yeah you look up to these people like bj hasn't had the best life like the last few years like in CT, and like i'm worried about him but in terms of, like, legacy, I think the stuff that BJ said about Khabib made sense. And I appreciated he said that because I thought he was probably going to say something like, oh, yeah, thank you, Khabib, for saying I'm second best. But instead he was like, actually, no, I think I'm just as good as you when it comes to, <laughs> to the lightweight. <laughs> it's like, all right, good. Uh, and he defended lovely. it well. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciated that.
1: All right. Do you want to talk about some of the other fights that happened? Maybe last night?
0: Yeah. Why don't you, why don't you talk about that? Because I only saw the very end of it.
1: That's fine. It wasn't anything historic or anything that you missed. I like Ryan Span. I I actually picked him in our underrated episode things. I thought mm-hmm. he was one of the most underrated light heavyweights.
0: Why? Can you tell us a little bit about him?
1: Yeah, he's a good fighter, man. I mean, he he. Uh, I think he has he has more submission wins than um, you know like KO TKO stoppages, but he's got those too. It's very quietly amassing ranked wins. Mm-hmm. gets a shot against one of the bigger guys Anthony Smith and I just felt like Anthony Smith was hasn't been doing so well since his showdown with John Jones Yep, and so I just felt like oh maybe he's past his time and I'm like ah Ryan Span is streaking upwards let's see how this transpires but no, Anthony Smith was able to submit him so I guess so Ryan Ant- Span's not ready yet yeah I don't know
0: Anthony Smith lost to John Jones in 2019, March 2019. Mm -hmm. Then he beat Gustafson with a rear naked choke. But then he lost to Glover Teixeira, and then he lost Alexander Rakic. And then he's pulled out three wins in a row. Devin Clark, Jimmy Crute, and now Ryan Spann. And Anthony Smith also had that interesting uh, story that happened because one day he left his garage door open, and Anthony Smith is normally a guy that has a gun in his house. And randomly, somebody just walked in through his garage door in the middle of the night and was in his house. And then Anthony Smith was like, what the fuck are you doing in my house? And Anthony Smith said he fought this guy for five minutes and this guy was just mad strong. And maybe he was on meth or something. And they later found out that this guy was a high school wrestler who was really good, but just a high school wrestler. And Anthony Smith was like, I beat the fuck out of him for five minutes and I couldn't put it out. And some people were like, yo, how are you almost a light heavyweight champion and you can't beat an amateur? And I think, like, I don't know. I think that may have happened when he, like, before the Glover to share or the Alexander Rocket fight. And I just think maybe, I don't know, something got in him where he, I don't know, maybe he, like, lost some zen or something. Like, I don't know how to phrase it. But I was happy to see him win yesterday and, like, yeah, they said uh, they said Anthony Smith uh, has had the most uh, main events in the last few years with eight. So I guess wow. they're mostly like yeah, they're mostly like fight nights and stuff. But that's a good point. Yeah. He, he's like a company guy and he's really good and he's fighting always really good people. And uh, yeah, I was kind of happy that he got like some highlight shine.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's good for him. Um, what do you think about next week's card?
0: Yeah, that's I, I'm kind of excited about it. And I think it's interesting how the Diaz brothers are always either, like, co-main or sometimes, like, they'll be the third fight. But that's the fight I'm always looking most forward to. So, like, it's the return of Nick Diaz Mm -hmm. versus Robbie Lawler. Now, I wish he wasn't fighting Robbie Lawler because it's like, come on, we already did that. So It makes sense. It makes sense that they're the same age and that they've, like, gone through things. But I was like, I'd rather not watch that. But I'm just happy to see Diaz back. Mm Mm-hmm. And Robbie. Yeah, and Robbie back. But I also just feel like Robbie got his championship. Like, yeah, sometimes I'm like, I kind of don't want to see. Like, if Robbie wins, all right, cool. You beat Nick Diaz, who, what, has been drinking for the last five years, you know, and has, like, been (laughs) out of it. And then if Nick Diaz wins, it's like, all right, cool. You beat somebody that has, like, a million miles of tread and wear and tear on Robbie. Like, I don't feel like each one of them, like, whoever wins, like, it could be lowered, and it shouldn't be like, you know, but it's like, it I depends just don't on the
1: pace of that fight and how it's finished.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I just, I feel like there could have been a better match made, you know, maybe not somebody. You don't need a big name if it's like Nick Diaz fighting him, you know, like I feel uh, like
1: Nick Diaz who, wants money,
0: I guess. But who, who's like another welterweight that would have been like a decent matchup? Like that's like, oh,
1: that would have drew money.
0: Yeah. I think they all draw money
1: though. Because it's,
0: yeah. but is too big. And he doesn't deserve Masvidal right now. Like we don't know how good Wonder Boy. Yeah, somebody like Wonder Boy would have be been in like
1: that first, uh nicest motherfucker. Yeah, like I could have been a sell.
0: I just wouldn't want that because I love Wonder Boy. I want both of them to win. So like, <laughs> I hate, I hate when like no. two fighters. I know. Uh, yeah, like Vicente Luque, Michael Cassia, Neil Magny. Like Neil Those Magny. Aren't
1: Those aren't big draws. They're not Diaz draws.
0: Yeah, they're they're not. He it's Robbie Lawler draws like Neil Magny. Yeah, like very, Jeff Neil. Like yeah, they're the same as Robbie Lawler right now. You know, Blah Muhammad. I feel Robbie like somebody Lawler's like had, that. Like
1: if you were to compile like all the greatest fights of all time, Robbie Law like then just like a top fifty list. Robbie Lawler's probably on that list like more than a handful
0: of times. Yeah, Robbie Lawler's amazing. But even like uh, Kevin Lee. Somebody like Kevin Lee would have been a good fight for Nick Diaz, you know? Kevin Lee's like a lightweight welterweight. He's like in betweener, but really good, young, you know, strong. It would have been nice to see. Maybe I'm just being too nitpicky, but I, f- I felt like I'm very excited for that. Curtis Blades versus Jarzino Rosenstrike. That'll be like a nice heavyweight matchup. Not so influential in like the heavyweight like rankings per se, but like that'll be a good battle: Valentina Shevchenko versus Lauren Murphy. Shevchenko will probably dominate that no. I main. And then yeah, Alexander Volkanovsky, who's twenty two and one, versus Brian Ortega, who's fifteen and one. And I feel like Alexander Volkanovsky is probably the least after Aljo, the least like respected champion, unfortunately. That like people bad. respect it. People respect him in the sense like. They think he's a good fighter and a good person, but I feel like people still look at that as Max Holloway's division rather than Ortega's, mm-hmm. right? Or do you think I'm wrong in that? Or
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, you know that Max Holloway is getting the winner. There's
0: okay, so no way around it, really so, quick. Does
1: Max have a scheduled fight?
0: No, uh, I think he was supposed to fight. Yeah, year, but really quick. I just want to say, uh, yeah, Robbie Lawler, in his last six fights since 2016. He lost to Tyrone Woodley. He beat Donald Cerrone. Then he lost to Dos Anjos. He lost to Ben Askren. Oh, but that was a close fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he lost to Covington, and then he lost to Neil Magny. So that's kind of why I mean, like, if Nick Diaz beats him, it's just kind of like rubbing salt in the wound, you know? He's kind of down. Uh, who, who did you just say that I should look up real quick? Max Holloway?
1: Yeah, does Max have any scheduled fights? Yeah, he was scheduled for Yair, and then something. I think Yair tested hot for
0: something. Really, that's what happened?
1: I think so. It's he got banned failed his three whereabouts in one year.
0: Oh, where they couldn't find him?
1: Yeah, three times.
0: I think it's kind of crazy that they have to like find you, you know? So you could be like
1: if you have three whereabout failures in one year, mm. so that's what he's it's also like, uh, come on, bro. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so there's no uh it's rumored that he may face Yeah Rodriguez on November thirteenth. But who, okay. who knows? Let's see what happens with this with one. With this fight. Yeah. Um, but I'd, I, actually, I'm kind of excited to see Holloway beat Yair. Fight Yair. Like, Yair has an exciting style. Lots of kicks, elbows, like, spinning shit. I feel like that might be a good uh, lead up to fighting a Giga. Yeah, that would be. I, I think uh, it's going to be an exciting fall.
1: Oh, for sure. For I mean, USC has been really quiet these last few weeks, but it's about to get heated up real big.
0: Mm-hmm. So UFC 266, the big pay per view, is next week. Mm-hmm. You have a fight night that's going to have a uh, Thiago Santos versus Johnny Walker. That'll be a good fight. Uh, you have another fight night, Mackenzie Dern versus Marina. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, you have another fight night, October 23rd, Paulo Costa versus Marvin Vittori. That'll be that's a good fun too. Fight. UFC 267 is October 30th, and that's when you get a uh, Jan for versus Glover Teixeira. Mm-hmm. And then Algermaine Sterling versus Peter Jan, And I think they're rumoring that this is going to be like on Channel 7 at like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. So that'll be like fun. Mm-hmm. Everybody could watch that. And then the very next week, November 6th, you get uh, Kamara Usama and Colby Covington. Rose Namajunas versus Wei Li Zhang. And then Justin Gagey versus Michael Chandler.
1: Ooh, that's a huge one. You know what else is rumored for November is the Adesanya Whitaker.
0: Really? That's also for November?
1: That's rumored to be in November. I don't know if there's space on that card, but...
0: Interesting. I think I also saw a report, though, that that might be, like, January 2022. Yeah, maybe. So they're probably trying to fit everything. And I think usually the UFC also does, like, a big December card. We'll see what happens with that. But I'm really excited. Out of all those fights, I feel like I'm really excited for, like, Nick Diaz, Robbie Lawler, because if Diaz does well, like, a fight... A fight with him will always be exciting to watch. I'm really excited to see Usman and Covington again, mm-hmm. and just getting the welterweight like division moving. And if Covington loses, I'd like to see him versus Masvidal. Then, like that could also be a great fight. Gagey Chandler looks like so much fun too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it feels a little bit slow since the summer. Like I feel like a few months ago we had like a lot of things happening, so and now much. it's like a little like all right, we gotta wait.
1: We should also mention that we were on the Anything Goes podcast recently.
0: Oh yeah, with a really, really good friend, uh, Greg Rothberg from uh, high school, and mm-hmm. that was that.
1: That was fun. i be in middle school.
0: Okay, yeah, middle school. But I wasn't friends with him in middle school. But yeah, we, we were on the same. Yeah, so
1: we were on that podcast. You should all check it out. It was a good time. I think Greg is uh, so close to us that it just felt like another another episode.
0: Yeah, and Greg is the one that inspired us to do the podcast, so that was fun. And and really, it means a lot when people say that they like the podcast. Like everybody, we meet. I'm surprised that people actually like listen. So like, thank you.
1: Mm-hmm. Anything else you want to cover?
0: I'm I'm really excited. Next week we might have our friend Brian on. Since, yes. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk after the podcast. I mean after the UFC fights discuss them and then kind of go deeper into like some of the next fights that are happening i feel like next week we're going to get a lot of updates about what's going to happen in the fall i feel like the ufc usually waits for like a pay-per-view to do that right since like we're all paying attention and then they'll put it out there and then yeah hopefully we get more updates about this like potential uh fight league and see what happens but yeah there's like so much to dissect with all that stuff uh I also thought Luke Rockhold made some good points. I didn't bring up Luke Rockhold, but yeah. uh, he was talking about a union and they asked him, to like, when do you think we'll have a union? And he's like, everybody's in it for themselves. But he's like, I did think there was a chance when the UFC fucked over Francis Ngannou because you fuck over Francis Ngannou and his boys from uh, West Africa, Israel Adesanya and Kamaru Usman, they could have been like, oh, no, no, we got our boys back because these are three champions and maybe the three most important divisions in the UFC right now. And they're all friends that if all the champions go, Hey, we're not fighting until you start taking care of us. Like that could have been a huge thing. And so uh, I'm actually really looking forward to that Luke Rockhold versus Sean Strickland fight too. Me too. Now, now because of that, plus S- Sean Strickland has like, he's like embracing this heel role, like being the bad guy. And he said something once where he's like, I'd love nothing more than to be able to kill somebody in the octagon, you know, and like basically get away with killing somebody. And I kind of like that Rookah Rockhold, like who a lot of, I think you people don't love because he's like kind of a pretty boy and a little bit awkward was like, all right, I'm going to make him pay for that. And I was like, all right, cool. I want to root for Luke. Mm -hmm. So Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I figured I'll bring that up. And I thought it was just a great point that he said like, yeah, these are three people like, that are champions and you and they love each other and like they're always taking pictures together, like they're representing like the new age of the UFC and like Africa. And then yeah, there's like kind of silence when they fucked over Ngannou. Hmm. Yep. So I'm curious yeah. what's gonna happen with Ngannou. When is he gonna fight? Because that is looming.
1: Yeah, you picked him for your fantasy team. I
0: wonder. Ah, <sighs> I know, but <laughs> I I like everybody. I pick with my heart, so. I'm not very strategic. I'm you know
1: what else? Uh, just a small tidbit that I learned just the other day. Jessica Andrade paid for her house and car with nude content. Really? So she said, "Yeah."
0: How how expensive was her house and car? How much is she getting for this nude? It's content? a great
1: question. I don't know all the details for it, but I'm sure <laughs> it's a pretty penny.
0: I know. So so what does that what does that mean to you that she was able to?
1: Uh, that she found another avenue to make money, and good for her.
0: Yeah. I mean, Paige Van Zandt says that too, right? I mean, she's a beautiful woman, and yeah,
1: she has her own content and stuff. Yeah,
0: she's like, I make way more money from Instagram than fighting, and so it's kind of like. But I just feel like sometimes then Dana White uses that to his advantage because Dana goes, "This is an opportunity, not a career," you know. So it's like, oh, you get look, you're getting famous because and it's kind of like, yeah, but she could be not that like what she's doing is like. I don't know, I don't want to be a prude and be like immoral or whatever, but it's like...
1: Underneath her, yeah.
0: Yeah, she was a martial artist and now she's an influencer a little bit. Not Mm -hmm. that she's not a martial artist, but wouldn't it be better if she could focus more of energy on being a martial artist as opposed to being like an influencer? You know, like it's like a little bit... Yeah. I don't want to say demeaning or degrading, but like I feel like, come on, you know? like
1: How do you feel about... Do you think male fighters have that same opportunity?
0: I mean, not so much like people that buy people that push the sex industry are mostly men, you know mm-hmm. like and, like that's what they're paying for and if it was if people wanted to like see pictures of Jorge Masvidal all naked, chances are it's gay dudes <laughs> you know it's not yeah. like we so it's like always like a yeah, little they bit pay like, money too yeah, exactly, like so no, I don't think like it's fra- I just feel like it would be better if it was the other way. You know, like, pay them enough, then maybe they don't care about that. And they could do it on the side or whatever.
1: But... uh, I mean, you could argue that's what she's doing now. Maybe she gets paid enough. I'm I'm tempted to believe the women don't get paid too much. But it's weird that the thing that pays for your house and car isn't what you do for a living. Yes. You know what I mean? Like...
0: Yeah. It's...
1: It is crazy to think that.
0: I feel like that's, like, the good and bad of capitalism, you know? Mm. Like, Like, sometimes it's like, oh, no, this pays... But then it's like, like, you know, is that adding value? Like, there's plenty of like attractive girls that are attractive on the Internet. Like that doesn't separate you. Like what separates you is you're that martial artist. Like, you know, you're you're a great fighter and you're beautiful. So I feel like, I don't know. It's it's hard for me to uh, pontificate on totally. Like I'm a little bit torn on it. But I feel like, yeah, if they if they were paid more, it'd be nice if that they could buy their house and do those things. Sometimes, like, I also get, like, a little conservative because I'm like, oh, like, this is what every kid is going to do. You know what I mean? Like, mm. I feel like if I was a girl, I would sell pictures of my feet. Like, why would Like, if someone's like, oh, we'll give me 300 <laughs> bucks a noop, like, just sell pictures of my feet. I'm like, fuck, yeah, I'll do that. Yes. But then I wonder, like. If I had a daughter, if I'd want her to do that, like, I don't know, you know, like so sometimes it's like these ethical gray lines, like what I want my daughter to fight. I feel like I'd respect that a little bit more, but maybe I'm like a little weird. I don't know. Maybe other people, I know, like,
1: I know more than one guy that has sold like, has gotten like messages from people online, like a DM or something about buying like used underwear or something. They both did it.
0: And it's other guys that are buying it or some chicks. Yeah, it's always dudes. Yeah. (laughs) I'm always like holding on. Yeah, it's always like. You're holding hope. You're like, yo, honestly, this is why guys are very important for the economy. You know, (laughs) we're willing to make
1: markets where they don't exist.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Forging pads. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I would have definitely. I dated a girl once and she said when she was in college, she like stepped in peanut butter. And they paid her like 300 bucks. And I was like, I would 100% do that. Like, I would just do that every day. I would just, that's how I would start my day. Like, 9 (laughs) to 10 p.m., 9 to 10 a.m., I was just walking peanut butter. And I'd be like, oh, sweet, I made 300 bucks. And then I could do whatever I want the rest of the day.
1: Yeah, I don't know if that's something you could repeatably do. But if it were, I think everyone would do that.
0: All right. Yeah. Peanut butter, jelly, yogurt, plenty of food. (laughs) Like, you could just do like weird, and it's just like you'd make so much money. I, don't know. Yeah. Ah, I think it's cool. You see a lot of fighters and like other people do things like Twitch and video games. Yeah. So maybe maybe it's like the same thing. They're divorced, diversifying their portfolio.
1: Yeah, maybe we're just more antiquated and like the, we are more like prudes where we're like, no, you shouldn't do that with the body.
0: Yeah, and I mean, fighting is like really using your body, you know, and like mm-hmm. hard, tough, malicious ways as well. I always think of that, uh, the song What I Got from Sublime, where he goes fucking and fighting. It's all the same. Like, you know, like there's a part of me that like, I always think of that line. And I think, yeah, there there is some truth to it. Yeah, you're putting your body on the line and it's like entertaining, but it's also violent, but it's also like primal and natural. Mm-hmm. There's something there, so... Yeah, I would never be, like, that prudish, but, like, sometimes it's like, well, how are you fighting? Right? Like, I don't want to, like, see you fight on the street on concrete and, like, risk life and death, you know? Right. It's like, you do it with some class, and it's, like, the same thing with, like, some of these other things. Like, all right, we could, like, do it with some class, you know? Where, Mm -hmm. like, I guarantee there's gonna be, like, beautiful women scientists, but they'll make way more money and get funding for their projects. They got nice tits, you know? (laughs) And it'll be, like, it's, like, a little disappointing in humanity i'm sure
1: it it. happens with guys too
0: what that there's like some jack dude that's like Dolph lundgren like a scientist doctor
1: looking dude will probably get a promotion if the skills are the same as the other dude
0: oh yeah but i don't think they're gonna get paid outside you know what i mean yeah yeah, like there's not like there's not like a scientist like a scientist guy that's gonna be like i'm gonna sell shirtless pics of me if you help fund my research Like, I don't think people are going to, like, maybe some gay dudes will, but I don't know. Yeah, man, I don't know. The
1: gay community is, you know, the biggest, rising, growing, fastest community there is. So, maybe.
0: That's true. They're going to solve global warming, then. (laughs) 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 They they can do it. Yeah, just invest in hot scientists. That yeah, well, that's why we're dying because there's not enough hot scientists. But if there is like <laughs> more hot scientists, I'm actually gonna give a shout out to a hot scientist that um like 10 years ago there was there was this lady, uh I think her name is Jana Levin. Let me look her up. Yeah, she's like a physicist, and wow. she was on one of these like science documentaries, and I just was like, Oh, I'm gonna Facebook her. And I was like, You're a hot physicist, and she was like thank you for saying that because like, I just feel like everybody appreciates her I guess for her like mind and I was like okay you're a very beautiful scientist I don't. maybe everybody needs like a little bit extra you know like yeah. if you're always appreciated for your brain maybe you want to be appreciated for your body <laughs> I guess a lot of fighters want to be appreciated for their brains too I think that's why there's like a lot of jujitsu people that are a little weird You know, and athletes that believe in flat earth or like believe in like, no, no, I know the truth about this disease, like, because they're known as fighters and they're known for their body. And I think now they're like, no, no, but also respect me for my mind.
1: Yeah. You think it's like a compensation, maybe? Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: I think, yeah, I think I think there's like a little bit of that because sometimes like, how are you such a fucking genius with jujitsu and some of these things, but you're such a moron, you know, with like your own self-evaluation of certain things, like... Well, I'll I'll try
1: to make sense of it right now because with jujitsu, you can't just take someone's word for it. You have to actually do it yourself and practice it. And you'll only really use that as like the way you learn. So maybe that's how you apply your knowledge, even though there's like scientific third party peer reviewed testing. You're just like, ah, no, I can't test it. That ain't it.
0: Ah, that's a that's a good point. That's That's what I
1: think those people are like
0: or maybe yeah maybe they're just dumb right now because now they're getting all intellectual they're still white belts at being intellectual yeah maybe but then they're going to slowly grow into like blues and purples and whatever maybe okay cool perfect
1: thanks for listening to the philosophy of fighting podcast if you have any questions suggestions or if you would like to fight us Send us a DM on Instagram at philosophy underscore fighting.